Welcome, Let's- welcome, welcome. It is the Better Line Salute to Troy podcast. We have a full house here today. Our full squad is here. I'm so excited. We're starting the pack 12. We let's go around the horn. We got the queen of LAFB, world-class athlete, football coach, Candace Davis Price. We got the smartest man on LAFB has a degree from USC, UCLA, <laughs> Cal, Caltech, MIT, Stanford, Harvard, Yale, the madman back from Europe. Jamal Magby, how are you doing, Jamal? Great to see you, Coach Rowe. And we we have the CEO, the founder, David Portnoy. Wish he was half of this man. The man, the one, the only, Ryan Dyrud. How are you guys doing today? I don't know. I don't want to be in that comp, but I'll take it. It's the weekender this weekend. Let's get after it. Yeah, definitely. So let's lead it off. Let's get it going. I want to lead this first one off to Candice. We got Stanford coming in. It's the final weekender. And Jamal, you know a little bit about this too, because you also did your underground at SC. This is the, I wouldn't say the final weekender, because I think, I think uh, traditionally they'll get this thing back once they get all the logistics filed out. But for right now, we'll say this is the final weekender. Candace, let's just talk about how important this weekend is outside of the football realm. Outside, well, we all know that USC is more than just athletics, USC is an experience. Right. Most people go to college. They say it's the best four years of your life. USC is an experience. The connection with the the teammates, the connection with the students, the general population's connection with the football team. It's huge. Right. It's exclusive. That's why it's important that we always have our jobs come to. I won't even go there with you. Al. You already know I was going with that. But um, I I'm looking forward to, I guess, this new, gener- <laughs> this new generation. I don't know how much they know about the Weekender, right? So they're making their own new memories. This, to them, might solidify the next new, what did you say, the protected um, team that we get to play outside of our conference. So hopefully we can, uh, I guess, changing of the guards, as they'd say. We're kind of leaving some things of the past, transitioning into some new things. They're getting their new electrifying offensive era that, you know, can't compare too much to what we experienced, but I'm, I'm looking at it optimistically that now this student population, this new USC regime is making their own memories. Yeah, definitely. Jamal, how do you feel about this possibly being the last weekend? Yeah, Fred, I'm, I'm a little sad. I mean, you know, obviously this is, you know, the, the two sort of West coast private schools that, that play division one football, there's kind of the NorCal SoCal rivalry baked in and, and really, ever since the mid-2000s, I mean, if we look at the last 15, 16 years, it, it's been such a compelling rivalry and, and arguably one of the most underrated rivalries in all of college football when you talk about the upsets on either side and, you know, SC being 41.5-point favorite one year and Stanford with an upset, SC, you know, upsetting number four Stanford one year, rushing the field for the first time in, in the 21st century and just all these great games in between, Andrew Luck, Matt Barkley, duels, um, just really some special moments. A couple of Pac-12 championship games decided between these two teams. So, so much history here. I, I do, you know, share in your sentiment that I hope that there, there's a way to sort of find a path for this rivalry again. But, but I'm a little sad and nostalgic going into uh, going into Saturday night. So, I, I kind of want to share a story. So, my my first year, we played at the farm. And I was redshirting and I didn't know anything about the weekender. And everybody kept talking about like, oh, it's the weekender. It's the weekender. So we're in our team meeting and our DFO, Dennis Lutek at the time was like, 
So all the red shirts who don't get to travel, uh, go pick up your jersey. And when you get to the stadium, we'll let you on the field. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? They're like, oh, it's the weekender, dude. Like, you need to find a ride and you need to go up to Stanford. Like, you have to get to Palo Alto. Like, you get to go on the field. Like, it's a big deal. And then I get to Palo Alto and it's pretty much sold out like it's crazy like it's packed like as like we said before like if you're in a sorority or fraternity you get to stay at the house at the 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 um the house that you pledged in and things like that so like this this like the rivalry of this game goes way farther than just football like the rivalry of this game like is a true california rivalry it's more of a like like cousins, like your favorite cousin, right? It's your favorite cousin. You get to spend the night at your favorite cousin's house for the weekend. So it's really exciting. Um, it's unfortunate that this is his last one. I blame Larry Scott. I'm just going to go to the root of it. I blame Larry Scott. But this, the, the best part about it is, and I'm going to turn it over to Ryan once I'm done. The best part about it is we have an opportunity to get a good game out of this because Stanford is buried with Troy Thomas coming in. And <clears throat> also, we might get a sellout. So we, like I told Ryan, we're going to get a lot of fans. So Ryan, you've been at both games and the seats are filling up, but this might be the first game where the stadium is full. What do you think the vibe is going to be like this being the weekend or this being Stanford, this being the first PAC 12 game. Oh man. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, USC's oldest rival, right? 1905, if I'm not mistaken. So the history is there. Um, you know, Ali, you sent me the the USC Instagram. According to that, it's what it's it's a sellout already, or it's nearing a sellout. It's it was yes as of yesterday, it was almost a sellout. Almost sellout. So who knows what that actually means? If that's ten thousand right. away or or <laughs> there, but hey, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, you know, I think it I think it will be close to a sellout. We've seen the the vibe of the stadium get better and better. I think actually last week had like four thousand less fans than week one, but you could feel, you know, that the energy was was a little higher maybe. And so this is, you know, first Pac twelve game. Uh like you said, the new head coach, they got a, a big win against uh Hawaii last week. I know that doesn't sound it sounds weird, but coming off of what they were last year, uh they do look much improved with, you know, Ashton uh Daniels now running the, the helmet quarterback. So I think it's gonna be fun. And it's you know it's just gonna it's it's you know it's history in the making as maybe potentially the last one, but kind of as we said in the last episode i think you know it'll take probably a couple years but eventually this will get back on the the non-conference slate every year kind of like you know usc and notre dame has been so um i feel like it'll be back eventually but it'll probably have a, a few year hiatus but saturday's gonna be a blast for sure real quick i gotta chime in this picture right here is taken at stanford it was the last pack 12 pack 10 oh look at that yeah, there you so. go. love it. There's some, you know, there's some things in the past, and you take a step backward, you take a giant leap forward. So, did you win that weekend? I did. I was actually losing to a girl from UW who'd been trying to beat me all year, and I was at hurdle five, and I was like, "What are you doing? Go!" And then I, <laughs> um, Kirby Lee actually took this photo. He still takes photos at the Coliseum. He yeah. it for me, and me, my mom, and my grandmother all have it in our house. So I that's Stanford right behind us. So love it. Jamal, Jamal, let me ask you this question. You wearing the Cardinal and Goat and also wearing the Cardinal and White. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't have I don't I know you don't have very much alliance towards Stanford, but what what is this game for you? Because like and people will see once we get to the Vic, like when we do the Victory Veil podcast, it's you're split right down the middle. But being a Stanford alumni. I should never say Stanford back. Let's scratch that. Being a USC alumni and a Stanford <laughs> alumni, what what is this game for you? 
what is the game? Yeah, no, for? no, Fred, it's a great question. I mean, obviously, undergrad is always where your heart is, and and I went to Stanford for for my MBA, so it's it's sort of a different phase in life. But you know, I I have so much reverence for Stanford as a university as well, and and I'll I'll piggyback off of what you said earlier. I think it's going to be a sellout because it's the one game that all the Stanford alums in LA will actually go to. So that's why it's going to be a sellout because uh, I got friends hitting me up for tickets uh, who, who normally you wouldn't associate with being football fans. So, uh, you know, th- I think it's going to be a really sort of interesting um, proposition here Saturday night. And, and I'm excited to see, as, as Ryan said, you know, Ashton Daniels is second career start. You know, he had a really great showing against Hawaii with, with new head coach Troy Taylor. He had 248 yards passing, 42 yards rushing. They got Casey Filkins, their running back, senior laden, uh, Benjamin Urosik, who's their their big next great tight end. He had 140 yards receiving a touchdown against Hawaii. And, and Troy Taylor's done some interesting things, Fred, with, with pace. And, you know, Stanford's been getting to the line really quickly. Now they've been running some plays, particularly against Hawaii, with a lot of motion with, with the running backs and the tight ends, some slower developing plays. That's going to have to sort of be accelerated against a much more advanced and, and athletically gifted USC team. But I think Troy Taylor has sort of the makings of trying to stay in this game as long as he particular you know possibly can uh, against this vaunted USC team. But it should be a lot of fun as you as you said, it's sort of dynamite and, and there's nothing quite like the weekender. Definitely. Fred, I just so- want to I want to add one more thing before we move on. And there might be maybe probably not among current alum that or not current alum, current students that probably won't even, I mean, it was only two years ago, but I wonder if there's a small soft spot for Stanford because last time Stanford was at the Cauley two years ago, they were the reason Clay Helton was finally fired <laughs> in that 48, what was it? 48, 21 <laughs> win in the Cauley and, and Clay Helton's job was done after that. So I wonder if there's a little bit of a soft spot for Stanford. I would say so. I we would appreciate say so. you Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ushering in the Lincoln Riley era. <laughs> So if you haven't noticed yet, if you have not been to your TV, football season has finally started for the NFL. We're we, we're technically week two for the for NCAA. If you want to play all your games, get all your parlays going, and get all the up to line lines, wagers, and stats, go to betonline.ag where you get up to the minute odds. You can get live betting and prop bets. And like my wife asked me earlier, can you bet something on Patrick Mahomes? So if you want to get that going, you can get that done with betonline.ag. If you go right now, put in promo code, promo code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, they will match your 50% bonus. And that's betonline.ag, where the game starts. All right, moving forward, let's get to the good stuff. Let's talk football now. So this is one game I just want to let you guys know that I feel really confident about. Right? This is the – this is – the first Pac-12 test, right? And I think us talking about the weekender, and this is the end of the Pac-12, and everybody is excited about the end of Pac-12. The Pac-12 went 13-0 and for the first time in a long time uh, over the opening weekend. But there's a couple of things that stand out to me statistically that Stanford just might not be able to keep up. They gave up 350 yards passing to Hawaii. And I understand Hawaii runs the run and shoot, and – that's that's been their ID for a long time, but SC passes the ball a lot too, right? Fourteen receivers got the ball last week. There's a bunch. The, the The receiver room is just loaded. I think this is the one time where I'm fairly confident about this game. I think up front, honestly, 
it may be closer than people think because of the rivalry and people playing above their heads. But once the game settles down and things get to where it needs to go, I really think that it's not going to be as – I think the spread actually gets covered this week by SC, which they're at 23.5 points last time I looked. But that's that seems a little bit reasonable. I think Stanford is on its way, but I don't think they're quite there yet. What do you think, Jamal? Yeah, no, Fred, I, I completely agree with you. And I last time I checked, I think that the spread might even be 29 and a half. And I think that's conservative. Uh, this is, you know, for as I think Stanford is still sort of rebuilding in terms of what they want to look like in this new Troy Taylor era and kind of graduating from, you know, the, the David Shaw era of the past. And what do they look like in terms of the trenches and up front? Are they looking for more nimble, agile defenders on the edge? Are they looking for more girth in the trenches, a la kind of the Harbaugh years and what have you. So I think they're they're transitioning. I think you're absolutely right that they're they're going to play very excited and inspired ball coming off of a three and nine season. But they just don't have the horses at, at really any position group uh, for this to be a competitive game. I, I fully expect SC to run away with this game pretty early. We might see kind of a competitive half a quarter in the first quarter. But beyond that, this should be pretty easy for SC. I'm excited to see how the defense responds. Uh, obviously, the last test was against San Jose State. I can't put really any stock into that Nevada game considering how bad Nevada is. So to me, I'm really looking at this defense and, and really looking at this unit holding Stanford to under 20 points uh, in route to a pretty resounding victory. Good. Ryan, you were at practice this week. What What is the vibe at practice? What were you? What was, what was the aura? How did practice feel? I know you I know the rules is you can't actually watch practice, but just the players walking around and when you were out, the opportunity they do to give you to be out there. How did how was that feeling at practice this week? Yeah, it's it's stayed consistent with how it's been all all off season and, and now through the first two weeks. You know, I, I feel like after week one it was it was not satisfied, especially on defense. You know, they knew there was things they had to clean up and felt they gave up too much points and, and too many big plays San Jose State. And then even with a better performance against Nevada, like Jamal said, I think, you know, they recognized that it, you know, it wasn't against a opponent that they should have given up anything. I mean, even that one big play probably shouldn't have happened. So I think it's good that they are showing that consistency of, of just wanting more and not being satisfied, which you would expect. I mean, as a championship team should be that in week two or three or whatever you want to call it, especially playing two inferior non-conference opponents. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good vibe. The one thing just I'll piggyback on kind of what both of you were saying about the defense, looking at this game, you know, when you look at last year, you know, the defense, we could, basically pointed almost every position outside of Tui Pelotu and Kalen Bullock as like, you know, issues here and there. But I think the one big one you can point out is play against the tight end. And specifically, you know, Michael Meyer had a great game and obviously the Utah um, Dalton Kincaid had two monster games. So when you look at uh, uh, Stanford's tight end, Benjamin, I think Eurosick is how it's pronounced. Now it's again against Hawaii, but nine passes for 138 yards last week. So how do they contain the tight end position and and really neutralize that? And if they're able to do that and they can slow down the run, which I think they've done a better job through two weeks, then you know I'm not concerned obviously at all about the offense. So it's just those two pieces. If we can see the defense grow in that regard, but but culture wise and vibe wise and practice, they're doing all the right things, saying the right things. Now I'll see them go out and do it for four quarters. Did, were you able to get an injury report sometime this week, or how is Cobb and um and Gentry still progressing? Um, you know, they're, they're very coy about that. They, you know, it's still, it's going to be a game time decision. I would not be shocked if neither of them play again, especially with how, uh, you know, Rayshon Davis and, and obviously Tackett Curtis and, and Shay Lee played. 
you know, at this point, no disrespect to Stanford, but they're outmatched. So why rush these guys back? But um, I could see Cobb going. I could see Gentry still holding out another week, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if both don't play. All right. So well, I, I hear you guys saying no disrespect to Stanford, trying to give them a, a little bit of credit, but does a win over Stanford give us that, make that statement, right? So we've been talking about people playing the Fresno States, the Appalachian States. We've been playing the San Jose States. And now we've been able to execute, be electrifying and, and execute a few things. Also exposed where some concerns were with the defense. But now I'm just hearing you guys say, so if we do, when we do win, are people like, ah, it was Stanford. It was a bunch of smart kids. So, so, <laughs> I, okay, so. It's a good shot. I, I, hear I hear what you're saying. So this, <clears throat> this, the state, the, the, the true statement, and this is just me and this is my opinion. The true statement doesn't happen until October 21st when they play Utah. Right. So last week I was saying this October. is a statement. Yeah. What about September 30th? September there you 30th. go. Yeah. We're not, I, I mean, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going down that lane. Hey, if they beat if they beat Nebraska this weekend, then is it then is it September thirtieth? No. no, we'll find. I told you we'll talk about it after the twenty third when they when they play Oregon. But we're not we're All not right. going to do that. But uh, SC's true test, I think, is uh, is October twenty first, right? When they when I, it's more October seventh when they have to when they play Arizona. But here's the deal. Last week I said this it was a statement game, and what I meant by statement, and Ryan also clarified it for me too, like. They needed to go out there and prove that they were an elite team. Like, they can't let teams like Nevada and San Jose State, but come to find out San Jose State is a little bit better than what we expected. Like, I remember my sophomore year, we played Idaho on our opener, and that game didn't go as everybody thought it was going to go, right? Because Idaho was just a little bit better than we expected. San Jose State was a little bit better than we expected. Nevada, They needed to beat Nevada the way they beat it in Nevada. That's what I meant by the statement. Like, they needed to prove that they were a team and not let teams that were way inferior than them hang around now this next statement that we need to pull is show that we are a college football playoff team right so the utah we're going to do that against stanford the acc well not <laughs> not necessarily yeah, i love it hey this is needle in the dice i love it not necessarily, not necessarily not yeah. necessarily we're more saying like it's the first pac-12 game right this is a power five school and like but they're not there yet right we see the, we see the foundation being built with Stanford in that first game, but it's just not there yet, right? So, like, we're not and we're not being disrespectful. We're trying not to be disrespectful to Stanford, but if we see another 66-14 game, it wouldn't be a surprise. But on top of that, if we see, like, last week, the score reversed 37-24 as he wins, it's okay. We could, we could walk out of that game and be like, it's fine, right? So, it, 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 this is a little bit of different game for SC compared to what they needed to do against Nevada. I'm gonna I'm throw it to Jamal because Jamal's my biggest critic. So what, <laughs> no, what, no, what do you Candace, think about that, Jamal? I, you know, I, I I hear where you're going with this, and I I agree with you. I I think, truth be told, the first four games of this season is a glorified preseason. Let's just sort of call it what it is. Um, you know, when we when we look at the opening game against San Jose State. San Jose State followed that performance up playing Oregon State. They had 11 fewer points and 117 less total yards against, uh, you know, Oregon State than they did this week. I know we're making a big fuss out of the 66-14 victory over, uh, over Nevada last week. But keep one thing in mind. Last year's opener against Rice, what was the final score? 
66-14. And in that game, there were three defensive returns for touchdowns. And how did the defense end up playing last year? So I, I really can't see <clears throat> too much that we're going to sort of gather from Stanford this week as well as Arizona State next week. I think, but to Ryan's point, I would like to see Eurosic go off a little bit. I would like to see 150-yard tight end performance. I would like to see Philkins do something because I am a little bit concerned if they just have four cream puff games and then have to go to Colorado with Shadur Sanders and Coach Prime. There's a big gap there that I'm a little bit that, you know, are they going to be on edge in the right way? So I would love to see in these next two weeks them get tested a little bit. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think for the long run, it'll benefit them if it does. This is the one thing I did learn about the the Stanford game. The reason why SC and Stanford play so early in the season is because of the Notre Dame game. They both play Notre Dame, so this is how they worked it out to play Stanford early. It would be better if we had a more competitive Stanford team, but this is one thing you do need to look out for with Stanford. Their quarterback is not afraid to run the ball, and that's SC's defense biggest kryptonite, right? So this is a true test where you have a quarterback that's not afraid to scramble and make a play or extend a play, right? And so we're actually going to see that. Is it going to be a real test? No, it's going to be more like a quiz, but it's not going to be like, but we're going to see how legit and how many changes have been made in the first two weeks on SC's defense on the, with the scrambling quarterback, right? So those are the things we have to worry about. Candace, I'm going to go to you. This is the, you're now the biggest critic for SC, right? What do you want? What do, what do you want to see? And what is what letter is going to be written to Jen this weekend if you do not see it? <laughs> I mean, everything to Jamal's point. I'm looking for: Are we bringing out different weapons? The weapons that we've seen, as we keep using the verbiage, electrifying, right? But against what? So I'm hoping, and I'm also looking for Lincoln to not be afraid to maybe try some schemes and try some things. That hey, this is the team that if it doesn't work and it falls apart, we can learn from it and build going in. You can't wait till. September 30th, the next, re- the first real test to try and unleash some things. So I'm looking for, <laughs> no, it's not, I don't know. I think it's three to I think it's three to one on this one, bro. So, you guys, we're not, we're not going to judge the eliteness of USC off of a team that beat a bad TCU team and a bad defense. We're not going to do that. AP pulled it we're not going to do that. Team. We're, we're not gonna do Fred, that. I don't, I don't think we're saying we're going to compare the, the legitimacy of USC. I think, September 3rd is probably the 30th, the first time that a team can actually hang with SC for a half, you know, and I think that's what we're sort of looking for is, is how this team sort of responds, uh, you know, in that situation, because everything, you know, they've, they've been overmatched so far. Arizona state is coming off of sanctions. They're, you know, they're lucky if they can field 22 guys on the field, uh, you know, and, and finish the game, you know, without having to go to the student section and pull guys out, uh, you know, to, to be in uniform. So you're not going to get the test next week, you know, love Stanford, but this is a transition year, but I think we're hoping to see, you know, defensively to, to, to your point, are they going to be able to shut down Daniels in the RPO? Are they going to be able to sort of contain Philkins from getting to the edge? Are they going to be able to control Eurosic? And then offensively, are they going to just be able to sort of move what they want to do? And I think one thing I'd love to see this week is to get Marshawn Lloyd some lather. You know, I, I don't know if you can just kind of have three touches, one catch, and, you know, sort of go kind of running back by committee. At some point, you need your RB1, RB2 to get some lather going 
to really start establishing your identity on the ground to complement obviously the Heisman Trophy winner. So if you want to be if you want to be dominant in the run game, run power. You want to know who you run power with? Austin Jones. That needs to be RB one like if you're going to run power. So like that's Austin. definitely true. Let's, let's former Stanford Cardinal former coming Stanford for Austin Cardinal. Jones. You know, there you go. but Fred, I, a question for you. Austin Jones to me looks a lot leaner than he was last year. He yeah. seems to me that he has lost about thirteen to fifteen pounds of you know just overall weight and and some muscle there. He's looking leaner. Does that concern you about, you know, that now that he's a little bit more slender, you know, that ability to run power that, that he was able to do in that UCLA game last year, in the bowl game last year, is he still going to be able to bounce off of guys at this reduced weight? Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be so much of an issue because he's still a downhill runner, right? I think it gets to – and I don't know. I should say this. I don't know what really why he did that, but some guys they gain this weight and then all of a sudden they're like, man, I just feel heavy. So they start to shed a little bit more pounds so they could be a little bit better. Right. And maybe he might have lost the weight so he could fit in more scheme in this offense. Right. Not just the power back. He could be the screen back. He could do this. He could do that. Get the swing passes. So um, I'm not so much worried about it. Now, if he would have been down 20 pounds, 25 pounds, they'd be like, oh, that's a little that's a little. I just think it was more of a maybe he felt heavy or he was trying to figure out how to get more touches in this offense. So I'm not so much worried about it right now, but they've ran power with him. They actually ran power with Marshawn Lloyd too, and it, it worked successfully. So I've been screaming for power for almost a year now. So I think Lincoln Riley's finally listening to it. So what, that actually works. Al, Go ahead, Ryan. What's so, what's so funny and, you know, this just still sounds weird to say I was talking to Austin Jones's agent. That still sounds so weird for a college athlete to have an agent, but he, he literally told me on the phone he was like, yeah, I feel like he compared Austin Jones to Alvin Kamara which, you know, I, I don't think would have been the case a year ago, but he wants to be that more dynamic, you know, can catch the ball a lot more out of the backfield. And Alvin Kamara is no slouch. I mean, we see videos of him pushing trucks and stuff in the offseason, but I just thought that was interesting that that was his player comp was Alvin Kamara and not like, you know, this big bruising back that you think of. No, definitely. I could that seemed so that makes sense now, right? He wanted to lose a little bit more weight so he could be, get more touches in and be more dynamic in the offense. I'm going to go around the horn so we can wrap this thing up. I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with the queen of LAFB. I'm going to start with Candace Davis-Price. What do you want to see this weekend? What do you want to see improved? That defense. I'm going to keep it just there. I want to see the defense really shut some things down. I don't want to have any concessions. I want to be very confident going into September 30th. Because okay. we don't need the defense. Because they got two-way two way, two way, they got two way players doing some things that are, are pretty spectacular. So we're going to need our defense to tighten up. There's not going to be any room for any errors. It's not. Not gonna happen. Good deal. Ryan, what do you yeah. want to see? Defense. Uh, I'll I'd stick with the defense, but I'll get more detailed. I want to see how they contain uh Ash and Daniels. You know, I look at the schedule, they they really don't play a single stand-up statue quarterback. Every quarterback they play is athletic and can move and can obviously extend plays with their legs and, and whatnot. It, it just goes down the list. Bo Nix. uh Michael Penix Jr., obviously Cam Rising, Shadur Sanders that we already mentioned. So this is kind of Again, we saw it in week one, and we, we saw it a little bit last week too, but how do they contain Ash and Daniels? So, you know, there's other concerns on defense. We talked with the tight end, but if they can kind of use that QB spot of their advantage and keep Ash and Daniels in the pocket and, and not allow him to extend third downs and get off the field, then that's, that would be make me, you know, happy about the improvement in that week. Matt, man. Happy, Ryan. 
Matt, man, yeah, what do you no, I, I think I think both both Candace and Ryan say it best. See, you make me go last, uh, Coach Rowe. It's it's such a disadvantage when you have such you know talented folks well, on yeah, the yeah, show. Draws now. Uh, <laughs> together. I saved know, the best for last, man. I'll, man, come on. I'll, I'll I'll piggyback. You know, obviously off of those those kind of specific elements on the defense. Offensively, I want to see a little bit more of a rotation. Like I, you know, I think we're we're convinced this is a team that's deeper. And which is terrific in, in the event of a long 12 to hopefully 15 game season, that is going to come in handy. But who is your lead back? Who is your number one wide receiver? Who's your number two wide receiver? Because when you got to go on the road to Notre Dame, on the road to Eugene, Oregon, at home against Utah and UCLA, on the road against Colorado, you need a certain pecking order. You're not just going to be able to overwhelm teams with talent you need to have a plan going in. So I'd like to see them this week start establishing a rotation. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'd like to see them be a little bit more dynamic. No interceptions through two games. Really only one true sack uh, in, in kind of meaningful minutes over the two games. So I want to see this defense be a little bit more big play oriented via the sack, via the interception. Would love to see Kalen Bullock's name. Uh, reappear in, in the conversation as an All-American last year. So big play defense, pecking order on offense, and then just sound gap containment on both sides. I would like to see a, a more established running game, right? And I think over the first two games, they only have about 15 rush rush attempts. I want to see a more established running game. I, 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 still, I still have the old school theory of football, like you can't get anything done without running the ball. So I need to see him. You have two legit backs that could be very good for you. Like, just give them the ball. You know what I mean? I understand what you're trying to do. And um, <clears throat> we have to understand. And I've been saying this, and I've been giving everybody the cliffhanger. Caleb Williams is trying to win another Heisman Trophy, and that's the hardest task that it's ever done in college football. He has the hardest task out of anybody out of all 150 teams trying to win a second Heisman. So there's a, the world of the waiters on his shoulder. We know he's good. We know he's one of the best players, the, if not the best player in college football. I understand that. You got him as reps. Let's establish a running game. Let's work power. Let's work inside zone, outside zone. Let's get all your stuff down. If you want to be the team, let's start running the ball, right? And I'm not saying that we need 30 carries a game, but maybe 15 to 25 carries a game is what's needed. And you can split it between two really good backs, right? So I'm saying let's establish a game. On defense, I just want to see a sound scheme, and, and I'm still not sold on the scheme. I, I do say last week they got a little bit more aggressive and they blitzed a little bit more, and I like the aggressiveness, but I just want to see a sound scheme since flats are still wide open. There's still a lot of crossers going across the field, and there's still a lot of big plays giving up. I want to see that tighten up with the big plays and just a sound scheme. That quarterback is going to run this weekend. Who do you have for the quarterback? Who's going to protect the flat? Put an edge on the defense. Those are the things I want to see, and hopefully we get it done and we can move forward. I also want to see Nebraska beat Colorado by 20-something <laughs> points so we can stop talking about this Colorado thing. So I just want to say this. We all know that those schedules are picked in advance. So the fact that TCU and Colorado matched up, that was already predestined. So it's yeah. not like, oh, you know, T I'm just saying, I'm going to leave it. I'm are we all going to Colorado on the 30th? I know, Jamal, you said you're already going to be there, right? So the three of us. I'm already locked in. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Got to. You know. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get out there. It's, it all depends on my work schedule. So I'm, maybe I could do a. a I've a, never been to Boulder. Yeah. So never definitely. been. 
no. week, a new the new weekender. Let's make it happen. New weekender, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, hey. they too are leaving for another conference. So, <laughs> you know, yes. they're, they're, they're short <laughs> Hey guys, I appreciate you guys. It's been fun as always. Madman, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your vacation in Europe. Thank you, sir. We thank you guys tuning in to the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast where all your actions is happening. You Three know, days goes- <laughs> <Take your life. laughs> you know, it goes live free. Fight on. Thank you guys for watching.